chorus is Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me Love lifted me Love lifted me When nothing else could help Love lifted me Ever to him I'll cling in his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, marriage my soul's best song. Faithful loving service to, to him belong. Love lifted me, love lifted me. started out with uh, the condition that we're in that most people don't realize or if they uh, realize it don't believe that it applies to them and that is the condition of our souls without Jesus Christ so we've gone back to uh, Genesis chapter 3 we've looked at the fall we looked at what happened as a result of the fall when Adam and Eve were driven from the garden, I don't know if we actually got that far or not, but we did talk about it. They were driven from the presence of God. <laughs> that was an effect that passed down to their children and to their children and to their children and to us. It's a separation from God caused by disobedience. They didn't fully trust and obey, did they? No, because... The serpent was entered by God's enemy, Satan himself, who deceived Eve by saying, oh, did God really say that? Well, he just don't want you to have the kind of authority and power and knowledge that he has. So we looked at this some. We talked about how the serpent was most likely a very beautiful animal that did walk upright and that uh, possibly... Eve's favorite 
They cared for those animals. They loved those animals that God created for them and gave them authority over. But she trusted what this animal said to her. Now, we didn't go in detail on how did the animal talk and did they all talk. And, and well, we did point out that the donkey talked in the Old Testament. Uh, but we did point out that the serpent, the animal, the serpent, was given the ability to speak to Eve, to communicate to Eve. All right. We saw that Satan was punished because he did this thing. That's what God said to him. Because thou hast done this thing. We read in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus Christ himself declared, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He fell because of what he did and his part in the fall of Adam and Eve. He deceived Eve. I don't believe that Adam was deceived. I believe that Adam loved the gift of the woman that God gave him more than he loved God. And wherever she was going, he was going. Genesis 3 and verse 14, God said, On thy belly shalt thou go. The Lord in verse 15 put enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. We pointed out that the seed of the woman here is another identification of Jesus Christ. We say that because Jesus Christ came to this earth as a human being. He was born of Mary, his mother. But not Joseph, her husband. But of the Holy Spirit of God. And so, this natural, this fallen nature of man passed down through the man did not pass to Jesus Christ. That's how he was sinless. Isn't God's plan perfect? It all works out in great detail, though we don't see it most of the time. Enmity between thy seed and her seed. We looked in Luke chapter 10, and we saw that we are given power over serpents and scorpions. We saw that uh, the Lord had sent this big number of people out to witness of him, to tell of him. And as he gave them this mission, he gave them power over serpents and scorpions, over the enemies, those who uh, were opposed to him and his gospel. Behold, I give unto you power. And we saw these serpents and scorpions as being the enemy, the devil, and all his emissaries. So, yes, the serpent was cursed to crawl the rest of its life and to dwell and eat the dust, God even said to him. All the days of your life, dust shall thou eat. But Satan that indwelled that serpent also was cursed. Also, this applies to him. He is now stuck here on this earth 
He can no longer enter into heaven. He, Jesus said, he saw him fall like lightning from heaven. The power of God and the sentence that he gives out over sin is powerful and it's quick. It's quick. We talked also about the dust. Where does Satan dwell on this earth? Well, he triumphs in this sinfulness, doesn't he? And in sinful places. And sinful people. We talked about how when the Lord washed the feet of the disciples, he was washing the dirt off their feet because they were walking in dirt streets with sandals on. We pointed out how that dust represents sin. We pointed out that where sin is, you're going to find this enemy because he dwells there, you see. It's his thing to tempt you into sin. So we talked about the origin of the spiritual battle, and that's what we're talking about when we say that Satan is tempting us to sin the same way he tempted Eve to sin against God and to eat of the forbidden fruit. The lie is the same today. He puts doubts in our minds about God's Word. In our minds, he puts the thought, did God really say that? Well, surely he wasn't talking about me. Surely he didn't really mean that. Surely he's just being stingy and doesn't want me to have all the good stuff. He puts those kinds of thoughts in our minds. Possibly even if we don't recognize them. Because he's sly, isn't he? He's sneaky, isn't he? He can get through to our subconscious. What? Yes. But praise God, the Lord said that He gives us power over the enemy. We have that power. We talked about how we should be more confident in that power as we walk this daily life and trust in Him. I had drawn a circle up here to represent life in the world. This has been up here a long time. As we live our life, if we keep Jesus as the nucleus, the center of our life, where we actually look to for answers for the circumstances we're in, the questions we have, the doubts that arise in our minds, then we are happy. <coughs> Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Him but to trust and obey. When we look out to the world, the world system, the answer that the world has for our problem, then no, we are not happy because our hearts are not satisfied and we don't have that strength and that confidence of standing on the rock of Jesus Christ and His truth, knowing that His truth is always the baseline correct word. He's always right. His words never change. It's not going to change. It doesn't need to because it's perfect. And it's perfectly Amen. right. 
1 John 1, 9, we saw that He clean, cleanses us from all righteousness. He cleans the dust off that we accumulate as we walk in this life as His. Luke 10 also tells us that nothing shall by any means hurt you. All right. Now, turn with me to the book of Numbers. Now that we've kind of set the field, now that we've kind of backed up and gone over where our study is. is and we're going to look at the serpent a little bit this morning. Numbers chapter 21 and verse 4. Numbers chapter 21 and verse 4 says, And they journeyed from Mount Hor, and of course this is the Israelites, by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. The way was hard. The way was tough. It was desert. They remembered back when they were captive in Egypt. They started thinking, well, we had plenty to drink there. We had plenty to eat there. We were prisoners. We were mistreated. We were captives. So they started to murmur, and the people spake against God and against Moses, verse 5. And they said, Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. They weren't satisfied with God, what God had provided for them. And the Lord was not happy with this declaration of theirs. And the Lord sent fiery serpents, verse 6, among the people. And they bit the people. And much people of Israel died. Now they tell me that in this part of the world, those serpents were already there. But God had been protecting His people from them. He had been keeping the serpents, the enemies, outside of their camp. They weren't subject to be bitten by the serpents because God protected them. But then, as unappreciative as God's people are a lot of times, they turn their back on God. They turn their minds away from God and turn their minds to physical things that they remembered having before they were saved, before they were brought out of the land of Egypt where they were prisoners. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and much people of Israel died. They were losing a lot of people all of a sudden. And they realized, uh-oh, that's from God because we turned our back on Him. And they repented. Praise God. We've all been in that boat. That's what He expects from us, to repent and pray that He will forgive us. Verse 6 says, I'm sorry, verse 7, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned 
For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Now they asked Moses. Moses was God's man. He was standing between the people and God because he spoke for the people to the Lord. He spoke for the Lord to the people. He's God's man. So they asked him to pray. We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. You know where the Lord is right now? He's at the right hand of the throne of God. He has put his enemies, all his enemies, under his feet. And being seated at the right hand of the throne of God, he's making intercession for you. Moses prayed for them. Jesus is praying for you. He is God's man who stands between God and mankind. He has paid the price. Alright, let's continue. Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. Make yourself one, and it shall come to pass, I'm sorry, make thee a fiery serpent, verse 8, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Now this fiery serpent that Moses made, he made it out of brass, not gold or silver, but brass, Brass is a, a shiny metal. He went exactly by God's instructions. Number one thing to do, whoever you are, to go by God's instructions. He told him, he said, set it upon a pole. Set it up high where everybody can see it. Up on a pole where everybody can see it. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, he shall live. So this serpent that Moses made, it was like the real serpents, but there was something missing out of it because it was made out of brass, and that was poison. There was no poison in the brass serpent that Moses made and put on the pole. Verse 9, And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass, just like the Lord said, just like he promised, that if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. What's significant about that serpent? Well, I'm going to tell you, Jesus came and became a human being, yet without sin. This brass serpent was a form of the serpent, yet without poison. A man dying on a cross for another's sins was a very unlikely source of salvation. But this was no ordinary man. 
You see, he was void of the sinfulness that sent him here, to, there to the cross that was ours. So I want us to notice, Jesus was a man but with no sin. In and of itself, this brass serpent could not be the antidote for the poison that was injected into these people when they were bitten. As a normal human being, Jesus dying on the cross didn't satisfy God on your behalf because of your condition of sinfulness. But you see, Jesus wasn't an ordinary man, was he? He had no sin, and he lived 33 and a half years without sin. And what did that do? That qualified him to be God's man between you and him. That qualified him to be your propitiation or be the one to take your place on the cross of Calvary. And it counted. Any other human wouldn't have counted. Any other human wouldn't have satisfied God's perfect righteousness. Only Him. This serpent was a special brass serpent made by God's direction and by God's plan. Moses made this serpent exactly as God told him to do. Jesus was God in the flesh. And Him coming in the flesh, living His perfect life for you, voluntarily giving up that life for you. Why? Because of the love He has for you is God's perfect plan of salvation. They believed God. God said if you look at the serpent that's lifted up, then the poison won't kill you. And God said, I must be lifted up. Jesus told his disciples, when you have lifted me up, then you will know. Then you will understand. They had faith in what God said. Was it the brass serpent itself? No. It was lifted up that they might see. It was shiny so that even from a distance, they could see it. When they were bitten, they looked to that brass serpent. And they were saved. In Isaiah chapter 45, read a couple verses there. So Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Surely shall one say, in the Lord have I righteousness and strength, even to him shall men come, and all that are incensed against him shall be ashamed. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified, 
and shall glory. Look unto me. Just like the Israelites that were bitten by the serpents, that had been affected by the enemy, so are we. Well, we are to lift Jesus Christ up and look to Him, you see. Look to Him. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. There were many serpents, not just one. But how many brass serpents were there? One. The enemy is many against us. But how many saviors did it take to pay the price? Just one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father but by me. There's one mediator between God and man, and that is His Son, Jesus Christ. All right. And in the book of John, John chapter 8 and verse 28. John 8, 28. So let's let the Lord explain this to us. John 8, 28. This is Jesus speaking. Then Jesus said unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me, the Father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. And he spake these words, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. All right, now turn with me to John chapter 3. In verse 10. We'll close right here. This is what the Lord has to say. Jesus answered and said unto them, verse 10, John chapter 3, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? We know that he's speaking to Nicodemus. Remember this account. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life.
What a Savior. What a Savior. He was lifted up on the cross of Calvary and stood above the earth on a cross for you and gave His life for you. He is lifted up from this pulpit and from many across this world today. We are to lift Him up and to show people His high position. He is the Son of God. You may wonder, well, what about those serpents biting people? God allowed it to happen, didn't He? He allowed them to enter the camp. But what happened was it caused them to repent and look to Him. You're already bitten by the serpent. You were born sinful. It's your condition. Yes, we've been bitten by the enemy, haven't we? Oh, but when we look to He who was lifted up for us, we are saved. What a great Savior. What a great plan God has planned to save us. That we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That there is no other way but Him. All answers are found in Jesus and in seeking Him. You seek God You desire for Him to draw you closer to Him than seeking. And you will see change in your life. And it will be for the better. Jesus Christ, the only way, the truth, and the life. Won't we look to Him? We are affected by the enemy. Oh, but there is salvation in Jesus Christ. What a Savior.